This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast with your hosts, Scott Walker and Jamie Davis, episode 180. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Scott Walker, author of Urban Fantasy Books with Magic and Mischief. My multidisciplinary co-host, Jamie Davis, is a fellow author, podcaster, and trained EMT. Jamie, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing great. It's um, good to be back. This is our second dual episode together, and uh, I'm really excited to have you here as a co-host. It, it uh, takes uh, some of the burden off of me from to ask all the questions, so <laughs> that's good. Um, and, and it's fun sharing the job. I mean, it's, it's so much fun talking to these authors. And you as well, and you as well. And it has been a great group to work with over the last year, for sure. I feel like um, if I were to say, oh, we're doing a duo podcast with duo podcasters, it's kind of a hat on a hat, but I had to go there. I had to go there. So, Scott, what are you up to right now? I'm sure you're writing something. What is it? Always writing, always writing. An author's world is always about words, my friend. You know that. Uh, The question really isn't whether I'm writing, it's what I'm writing And my focus now is my upcoming release for Cloak and Dagger, which is my contribution to the duo world that releases on February 24th. As soon as I get that off my plate, I'm turning my attention back to the sixth and final installment in my little yokai urban fantasy series. And after that, I have a cozy urban fantasy series waiting in the wings. And I'm working on a, um, I just finished up uh, book five in the Lone Wolf Squadron sci-fi epic and i'm now uh digging into doing some final edits for my duo book um is coming out um split infinity is the name of that that'll be coming out in april coming up so i need to get that finished and off to the editor so that's what i'm working on fantastic i'm glad the sci-fi series uh has gone so well for you i think is this your first sci-fi series it's my first sci-fi series and it's just been so much fun i mean i i've i grew up loving to read sci-fi and fantasy so even though i've primarily written fantasy books um i have a few sci-fi books and this is my first real deep space like space opera space western kind of setting so it's just been a lot of fun and channeling my all those all those you know b B and c quality movies that i watched growing up in the 80s and 90s so but it's an a quality book series Uh, well the readers seem to like it and that's the gauge (laughs) i go by so there you there you go that's the best one (laughs) yeah definitely awesome well listen why don't you introduce today's special guest author please I am so happy to do that. So Kat Lapatovich Healy is a displaced Yankee living in the middle of the Midwest heartland, a biochemist turned aspiring author. She loves all fantasy, science fiction, basically anything with some sassy wit, cool tech, and action movie heroics. You'll find that in her work, along with characters struggling to connect with not only others, but themselves as well. When she's not glued to her computer, she daydreams about when she'll be able to go snorkeling again, bakes way too many pastries and tries to grow things in her garden. She's pretty bad at it, but she's hopeful. The plants aren't. So let's get into that interview with Kat coming right up. All right, today's guest is the awesome Kat Healy. Kat, do us a favor, give us a quick rundown on how you got to be a writer and what you're working on right now. 
Oh, well, I'm, I guess I'm one of those cliches where, you know, I was always writing forever, but I didn't really get serious about it until a few years ago. Um, and I, I found a project that I was super passionate about and that's when I committed and I ended up going part-time at my job at the vet clinic and I finished it, which I was super excited about <laughs> and I launched it and it was a flop, but I didn't care because I really loved it. And then that actually ended up opening a lot of doors for me. Um, who knew? And then I've officially, you know, moved into the writing and editing business um, at the beginning of um, 2022. So I've been doing it for like a year officially now. <laughs> I'm curious, you know, if, if you were to describe your books and how they feel or the style of them, what would you tell a new reader that your books are like? Uh. I think the best way I can describe it is like I write episodic TV or mini movie series, but in book form. Um, so high paced character and plot driven, lots of conflict and humor, sassy dialogue. And then I like to put a lot of mythology in it with my own twist. I, I draw a lot from different mythos because I think they're cool. <laughs> Well, you know, you can draw on, I think, mythos for a lot of genres. Um, I think you typically fantasy, straight fantasy, when I'm thinking about mythology. Um, was there a particular reason why you picked urban fantasy as your favorite genre to kind of launch your career? Uh, well, um, I originally wrote urban fantasy as a mental break from epic fantasy, which is what I was writing before. And you know, the language and the storytelling is a little different. Um, I think it's like more raw and on in less musical. Like I find that um, adventure fantasy or epic fantasy is a lot of um, beautiful imagery and urban fantasy is a little more high paced. And I feel like I can take my filter off and just go for it, which is very liberating and entertaining. Like this is me without a filter on a page, you know, and uh so that's why I'm like, and then I have to go back and be like, okay, can my mom read this? <laughs> <laughs> so I had this exact same experience. I spent years writing straight fantasy and just couldn't quite ever crack a book in a way that I felt was ready for the public. And just like, ah, I'll just do urban fantasy as a palate cleanse. And that literally led to me being able to finish a book, edit a book, publish a book. Yeah. Um, so we had a very similar um, path in that regard. And you're not the only one that like worries about your mother reading your books because my mom <laughs> reads all my books and I, it kept me very on the straight and narrow for a lot of my early writing because I was like constantly worried, well, mom's going to read this, uh, you know, I, so there's not a lot of swearing in a lot of my books. There's not a lot of any of that until recently um, when I got into space opera, military sci-fi, and then it oh, they're was, always all, cussing. they're always cussing. <laughs> so it's all good. Um, we're, let's jump into the duos world here because I think that this is a, something that we're really all excited about as all, all of us are authors in that shared universe. And um, you're the second book to launch, the second author to launch books in this world. Um, so let me read the intro and then we'll get into asking you um, a little bit about that. The agents of Delta Underground Operatives have one critical mission, keep magic secret. Humans are not ready to know that the creatures from their dreams are real. They're even less prepared to fight the monsters from their nightmares. When the gods were killed, Alder Shaw, the sole surviving demigod, established Duo to protect the status quo 
solve the mystery of the god's fates, and safeguard the puddle, the last reservoir of divine magic. Aided by twin witches Maven and Moxie, Shaw paired up with beings of magic who resonated with each other. In tandem with the puddle, these individuals now enjoy access to a second set of abilities, making them tough to beat. These beings are the agents of Duo. Following are the case files of Duo agents Aaron and Larson. Yeah. yeah. That sounds so good when you read it. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had the pleasure of reading the short story that you wrote that was included in the free download uh, for the Duality Ordained collection. I have not had the ability to read your novel yet. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, when you were invited to join this uh, duo shared world, what decision factors kind of contributed to you saying, yes, I want to try this? Um, well, it was interesting because uh, I didn't even know who Nicole was <laughs> and she didn't know who I was, but uh, but uh, Jen and Siobhan put my name forward and then she's like, okay, fine, I'll talk to this girl. And I was a little worried at first because I didn't know anybody besides Siobhan and Jen. And um, I was already working with another group and I was like, oh my gosh, do I have the time? And almost like, do I have permission? And I was like, screw that. It's my life. <laughs> um, I don't need a permission from nobody to work with another group um, on a completely different genre. So, um, and so I talked to Siobhan and Jen about it. And then I was like, yeah, let's do this. Cause this will be great for, uh, you know, diving into new world, expand my author contacts and then you know we can see what happens and I was like you know the premise is pretty great it's like magical James Bond so yes <laughs> um that was basically it in a nutshell it took me about 48 hours and then I was like sign me up <laughs> so what about the hunter's curse tell us give us the the elevator pitch for what the hunter's curse is about do you have a quick quick uh, rundown of what you think the story is i so i'm so bad at elevator pitches um <laughs> well uh okay I'll, I'll try um well it follows the story of an air elemental named aaron and a dark elf named larson and uh these two races are mortal enemies to begin with and larson and aaron are have a particularly gnarled history and they're tasked uh with bringing down a shadow mage who's trying to summon the wild hunt and of course they have to do this before they kill each other because they don't like each other. Um, <laughs> and of course there's secrets and curses and, uh, you know, gnomes that have unionized. <laughs> so uh, lots of um, save the world heroics and um, just little side comedic relief, I guess. I really should work on my elevator pitch, but that's basically what it is. <laughs> Uh, I think that's, I think you pretty much nailed it. And the humor definitely comes across in the short story that you wrote. Um, and then you and I talked a little bit about the, uh, I'm going back months here when you were kind of brainstorming the original idea and you were like, I need, I need a conflict. And you were talking about the gnomes unionizing at the, uh, at the garden place, the garden shop, which I thought was awesome. Um, so um, what is it about these characters that, that kind of, was an inspiration for you? Why did you gravitate towards these particular kinds of characters with these dynamics? Um, and, and has humor always been part of your writing process? Um, I'll answer the last bit first. Yes, I do love, I, I love humor. Um, I love 
you know, something that's really serious. And then all of a sudden someone pops that bubble with, um, you know, like an inappropriate comment or, a, oh, by the way, don't you see the horde of zombies coming down the street? Like we should focus on that instead of whatever. Um, I just love that twist in the pace, I guess. And, um, and usually you can get like a really good one liner in there. <laughs> um, and then, uh, well, choosing, choosing these guys, um, I just, I love the, you know, enemies, to lovers or enemies, to friends trope. And I was just trying to pick races, um, that would provide that tension initially. So when we spoke originally, Scott, I was going to do a wood elf like you, but I thought that's not spicy enough to foil against an air elemental, which I wanted to pick because I feel like they're severely underrepresented. I don't think a lot of people do have any, a lot with elemental beings. Um, maybe they do, and I'm just living under a rock, but I just felt like I'm going to give that girl a shot. <laughs> um, and then it just made sense to pick, um, you know, a drow or a drow, however you guys want to say it, dark elf, um, because they live in caves. So you've got sky versus underground already going on there. And um, hopefully that'll provide enough tension to get me through the series. And you mentioned the series. So you're going to revisit and, and come back to these characters in, in, in future books? Yeah, definitely. I have a, a trilogy already planned out uh, with Scott's help. So thanks. And um, I'm hoping, I, I realized after I did it that I left some big loops open. So I'm hoping to get like another book four, book five. I need to go back and just make sure that that's, um, excuse me, viable. And then... Um, go for it. I figured let's just commit. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, you know, Sarah Nofke, we talked about her launching, um, her book, uh, recently she led off the, uh, duo world introduced the shared world to readers. Um, did you have any interactions with her and the other authors? And you and I clearly had a lot of brainstorming sessions, which I loved. Um, okay. did you work with any other authors and what was that like? Um, I did uh, work with Sarah a little bit, and that was really insightful because I know she's a, a big heavy hitter in urban fantasy. And so it was great to see like how to write a book that sells, you know. Um, so not just the universe itself, but like the craft of that, uh, the craft of writing. Uh, so that was very, very insightful and helpful. And then um, and it's always been fun. Um, I brainstorm with Jen and Siobhan sometimes, and then, uh, the rest of the group, Nicole has been really active and, you know, I'll just be like, Hey, I want a, a curse that shape shifts something into like a really stupid animal that doesn't help anything. Like, you know, a goldfish is, <laughs> you know, have someone do that instead of being, you know, like a, a wear shifter or something that can actually help in a battle. This one's like, Oh no, I turned into an anchovy, you know, just sitting on the deck, trying to not to, you know, drown or whatever um and and then like we were creating a like a strip club of all places with jen and siobhan and i and we were just like how can we make this really weird <laughs> and so it's just been it's been really fun and i think cathartic in that way so it's not like all work um and sometimes the stuff we said like in february just comes back in november and you're like oh that idea let's do that um so it's been super you know fun and and it's all you know, in case you ever get bogged down, you know, other people are right there with you. So you can, uh, you know, lean on them for support. 
which is great. <laughs> you mentioned totally. February to November. I mean, we've been working on this for almost a year now um, and kind of bringing it all together. It doesn't seem, it went fast, but um, I know that other people have talked about working with creatives in large groups as kind of like herding cats. And I'm curious what your thoughts are about that. We have our monthly Zoom calls where we get together and talk about the, the, the world and some of the things we're doing. And what are, what's your experience been like working with everybody? Um, I feel like it's more like you're taking a bunch of dogs for a walk, like, you know, like the, the dog walker in the city, like, you're all excited to go to the park. We're all on board. We're getting to the park. But then half of us are going squirrel. And the other half are like smelling all the things. And the other one's like way behind you tangling up all the leashes. But we're all going to the park. And then sometimes you just go to like, hey, everybody, remember, park. <laughs> um, so everybody's excited and happy. But then it's like, okay, like let's focus and, and get to the meat of the situation so we can write, you know. Um so I figured, like, as long as you've got, like, strong communication skills, um, like, you'll survive. <laughs> and it's good that everybody is so um, so nice to begin with, you know. No one's a stick in the mud or anything like that. Everybody is very on board with, you know, the mission. And uh, that helps. So It does. It does. I've worked in share worlds before. I love working in share worlds. And uh, the group of authors or creatives involved can make or break it. And I totally agree. This has been an amazing group. Uh, it's been fun. It's been educational. And I've learned a lot uh, craft-wise. So it's been awesome. I was, I'm really glad I said yes. I'm glad I accepted the invitation. Um, I've got two questions left for you. The first one should be pretty easy. I noticed in a lot of your posts, there's a little black powder puff cat who shows up. Who, who is that? And how, how do they help you with your writing? Uh, that is Olive, <laughs> and um, she is the cat behind Catastic Reads, and um, it's just like this funny little thing I came up with at a conference to sort of see the conference through Olive's eyes, um, and it was actually a great um, icebreaker. <laughs> I didn't realize that, um, but, you know, it kind of introduced me to a few people, and how she helps me with writing is, well, you know, I, I got her for that conference, um, you know, as like a little mini mascot or something. And so whenever I see that, I'm just like, this is what your purpose is, is, is to write, you know, and, and to enjoy what you're doing, to have fun. And whenever I see that, like, I remember that's what I'm doing. So work isn't really work. It's just a, a passion I get paid for. <laughs> Sometimes it's very sloggy. But uh, most of the time it's great. And then uh, she's so freaking cute <laughs> and squishy. <laughs> and so she just makes me happy. Um, she makes yes. a lot of us happy. We love seeing those posts, by the way. Oh, good. Yeah, I when he's like some weirdo with this little, like we're taking crazy cat lady to a whole new level. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I think, I think Olive's got her own fan club out there. Olive, I love it. <laughs> good, good. All right, so here's my second question. Um, for your existing readers, you know, how would you pitch the duo shared world and your books in that world in particular? What can they expect? What would uh, what would you say to them? Like, if you like X, you're going to love this. Okay. Um, well, I mean, um, a lot of my, I guess, friends and people I would pitch this to fans, um, you know, like they like those um, high octane 
kind of reads um, or even movies, like media in general. So I would probably be like, hey, do you like James Bond? <laughs> um, uh, you know, and add some magic in there and let's go. So you're going to get that witty dialogue. You're going to get those great action scenes, you know, um, that sort of um, found family in a way where it's like James Bond and Q and then the, the help du jour kind of idea. And then, you know, coming together against all odds to take down the baddie. Um, so, you know, lots of heart, great characters. Um, so I think everyone can really enjoy that. Agreed. And throw in a, a union of gnomes and you're good to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, there are going to be people out there who are going to read this book solely for the gnome union. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just telling you, there's, there's a lot of people out there who are big labor supporters and are going to be like, <laughs> I've got to find out about this gnomes union. I, I actually, I'm going to read it for, if only for no other reason, then I've got to find out what the gnome union's all about. <laughs> Cause that's such a great idea. It's so good. Um, uh, so we're almost finished. So that's good news. Um, even though it's sad news, cause we'd love to keep talking to you. I think we could probably talk all day about this. We're, we're all so excited about this project. Um, but there's a rapid fire five question round where there are no answers, no wrong answers, just fun. Okay. So we're going to go back and forth. Scott and I'll take turns. And if you're ready, we'll get ready to hit you with the first question. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, here we go. Pizza with pineapple, yes or no? Yes, love pineapple. Okay. Fill in the blank. If I could spend the whole day doing blank, I would. Snorkeling. Favorite book growing up? Ooh, uh, can I pick three? Um, Language in the Wardrobe, Dune, and The Hobbit. Taylor Swift or Pat Benatar? I don't know who Pat Benatar is. Well, then you get one answer then. <laughs> Taylor Swift, let's go Team Tay Tay. Yes. That just shows okay. how old I am. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Rounding out the no wrong answers, rapid fire session. Most underrated movie. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that's tough. Um, I wish you'd given me time to prepare this one. Um, what's your favorite movie that other people don't like? Oh, um, I just not friends with those people. Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's the right answer. (laughs) I'm just like, "Mm." uh, I'm trying to, Oh, you know what? One of my favorite movies that a lot of people it's outside my genre is Austin land. Um, and it's about a Carrie Russell plays the, 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 the character and she is obsessed with Jane Austen's works. And she, she goes to a, an Austen vacation where it's an immersive experience and lives her own Austen tale. And I love Jane Austen growing up, which was so funny because it's very outside my normal genre. And yeah, so I love that particular movie. And I think that shocks a few people who know me. So there we go. We'll do that one. Austin land. All right. I'm going to have to, now I'm going to have to look that one up. Cause I think that's something <laughs> that sounds like something my wife and my daughters would really enjoy watching. So, and I'm going to, I'm going to take the Taylor Swift or Pat Benatar question out of the rotation now because it just embarrasses me. I'm going to have to 
to look it up though. Who knows? I might be a big fan and not know it. You might be one of those. Oh, she sings that. I'm pretty sure she's. Yeah, yeah she's a, she's an '80s and '90s pop star. So. Oh, then I probably heard her. Yeah. Because yeah. I love that genre, so. but I don't know artists very well. That's all good. So we're going to close out now, and and Kat, it's been a great time talking to you. But we want to make sure people know how to get a hold of you get a hold of Hunter's Curse, and find out more about the adventures of Olive. So where can people find you online and find out what you're working on and what your next book's going to be? Uh, well, I have an author page on Facebook, um, Cat of Catastic Reads. And I have a Facebook group called Cat Healy's Magical Book Cafe. Um, and then I have a website that's catasticreads.com. And uh, you can find the pre-order link for the book on Amazon. And to be clear, we should probably specify it's cat with a K, not a C. Yes, that's very, yeah, good job, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show. And um, is there anything, last words you'd like to give to our podcast audience before you go? Well, I wanted to say a big thank you to uh, Scott and Jamie for having me. And then thanks to everybody for listening. And then I hope you check it out and let me know what you think. Okay, well, I think you and I just got uh, tagged there with our Pat Benatar reference. I think we might have to up our game here. We are clearly letting our age show. I, I feel so old. I, I just, <laughs> I I literally, like, every 50, 58 years of my life just flashed in front of my eyes. <laughs> it's all right. I feel you, and I'm right there with you. I was watching every Pat Benatar video on MTV back in the day as well. <laughs> Well, it was an awesome time chatting with Kat, and I love Olive. Uh, seeing all the photos of her at the 20 Books convention last year was awesome. I'm so glad she's featured prominently in Kat's Facebook private group, so that's awesome. Yeah, definitely, and and I urge people to go over and find Kat's group um, and follow the exploits of, of Olive <laughs> and all the things that she does, and uh, it's a great way to follow, keep up with what Kat's doing as well. And of course, her book, Hunter's Curse, her first entry in the duo world, launches January 27th, that Friday. So please pre-order it or pick it up as soon as it drops. We're going to have links to everything we mentioned in the show notes. So be sure to check those out as well. Jamie, I think we're out of time here. Uh, Tell us real quick, how can readers get a hold of you and where can they find out more about your books? Well, you can find everything about me and my books over at jamiedavisbooks.com or at my Fun Fantasy Readers Facebook group. And of course, you can also check out the podcast episodes. We'll be giving updates every two weeks here on the show about what we're up to. So you can always do that and subscribe to the show. You can find the podcast by going to jamiedavisbooks.com and click on the podcast tab at the top of the page, or you can search in your favorite podcast directory for the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Awesome. And you can find everything about me and my books at scottiswriting.com. And I am Scott is writing on most of the major social media sites. All right, my friend, got episode 180 in the books. Can't wait for the next one. Uh, Anything else before we wrap things up? No, I'd just like to say I'm Jamie Davis, and I'm excited to have everybody back here as we relaunch this podcast and get it going again. And I just want to say to everybody out there, stay safe and stay tuned here to the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. And I'm Scott Walker. Until next time, keep calm and read on. 